0: We feel like we're able to do it well at kind of the pace we're at, but we know as we continue to scale and get bigger, we will need to take on more help. And so I think there will come a point where we do hire employees and, you know, probably many of your audience members have already gone into this point in time where they've kind of maxed out their own potential to handle things with their own bandwidth. And so now they're, you know, hiring on people. So we'd like to do the same. And we see that as kind of something in our future, but I'll keep working as a plastic surgeon to answer your question as long as you know i'm able to what's going on guys this is the passive wealth strategy show the show that will help you escape
1: the wall street casino and build wealth on main street by investing in real estate today our guest is sumit makajani and today we're talking about a few different things sumit is a physician he's actually a plastic surgeon who transitioned into part-time plastic surgery, and now full-time real estate investing. And we're digging into that decision-making process that he had to really dive into the real estate world rather than be fully passive. I know a lot of you out there are in this position where you're trying to decide, hey, do I wanna be an active real estate investor? Do I wanna be a passive real estate investor? Or something in between, right? If you're fully passive, you probably need to make money elsewhere to invest in the passive deals. So maybe you have a lucrative career and that's what you're thinking about doing, or you want a mix of the two. And we're going to dive in today with Samit to talk about his decision-making process, why he decided to go the route that he went, lessons that he's learned along the way, and, and so much more. He's a very experienced uh, real estate investor. He developed a 96-unit multifamily as his first active deal, deal, which is awesome. He tells us about that. Now he's investing in mobile home parks in the Midwest and Southeast and just doing great things. So many fantastic lessons in here. I know you're going to learn a lot. I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, and I help busy people passively invest in apartments and self-storage real estate deals. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, go to investwithtaylor.com. .com. Once again, investwithtaylor.com. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please do take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys. I really need that. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. Other potential listeners out there see your review and they think, hey, I should listen to this show. And I really genuinely appreciate it because that gives me the opportunity to see what you have to say and to see that you're learning these lessons and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, do look us up and hit sub- hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you know anyone who could use any more passive wealth in their lives, please do share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Once again, our guest today is Sumit Makajani. We're learning about his experience going from full-time physician life to part-time physician slash full-time real estate investor life, why he went that way, and so much more. He got a master's degree in real estate development. Would he do that again? He developed a real estate so much. There's a lot of great lessons in here, action-packed. So without any further ado, here we go. Samit, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You have a really cool story. I'm, I'm great, uh, grateful to speak with you today and, and share your experience with our listeners. For the folks out there who don't know about yourself, your background and what you do, can you give us an
0: intro and then we'll go through you know your story and your experience and why you made a, a change in your life? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So um, I may not look very Tennessean or having a Tennessean accent, but uh, <laughs> I grew up in Tennessee and went to Creighton University for my undergraduate uh, degree in Omaha. And um, we'll talk about more about Omaha in the future, probably in this podcast, because there's a lot of things that led me back to Omaha after graduating there and then eventually became a physician and ultimately a plastic surgeon um, as my final kind of career choice. And Or so I thought, and, um, you know, trained for six years, plastic surgery in Albany, New York. And then I've been practicing full-time for 10 years as a plastic surgeon. And about January of 2021, decided to go part-time. So I'm kind of half-time as a plastic surgeon now and full-time in real estate, I guess. So that's kind of my brief background and uh, you know can go in or out of any of that part of the story as much as you like. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's so much we can talk about, and and I think a lot of
1: our listeners out there might be sitting in a position where they have a lucrative career. Maybe they're a physician of some kind, or maybe not. There are a lot of a lot of ways to make money out there, and they're thinking yeah, about should I plot an exit? Should I be you know focus on passive investing in real estate, or should I you know just go for it and, and burn the ships or partially burn the ships? And go and do real estate deals. And I, I want to talk through your you know, decision making process and, and why you decided to go the route you ended up going rather than stay 100% in your career and just keep piling money into passive investments and, and get that going. So, you know, walk sure, us back and, sure. and tell us about it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I, the first thing I did, you know, when I was interested in getting back in or getting into real estate was to invest as a limited partner in a, a multifamily syndication. So, I, I wanted to. I was so eager to get into real estate investing. I, I was basically willing to do anything uh, right away. So I had worked for maybe five, six years as a plastic surgeon, had had come upon some money that obviously I didn't have when I was a resident. And <laughs> I knew people who had done real estate investing through syndication when I was growing up. Uh, they had done it more in the hotel space, but I wanted to get into multifamily. I thought I really liked... The idea of multifamily for some reason it just appealed to me. So I reached out to a syndicator who I had heard on a podcast and um, with, within an hour conversation committed to investing with that person and you know, probably wouldn't do that exact same path if I were to do it again and wouldn't really recommend that to your listeners, but you know, for me, I was just so eager to start making some of that money that I had made as a plastic surgeon. I wanted it to be working for me. And so I I invested with this gentleman and his company and, you know, things have done well, don't get me wrong, but it's just, um, that was kind of my first foray into investing in commercial real estate. As a little bit of background on myself, my parents were both real estate, residential real estate uh, agents when I was growing up. So I was always kind of around real estate. My mother and father were very active. My mother was, you know, pretty much the top producer at her company. And I was constantly on showings, open houses, signing contracts, inspections. I mean, you name it. I was with her, you know, because I was pretty much the only time I could spend with my mother. She was so busy. (laughs) And the only quality time we got was kind of in between these appointments and showings and such. So I was kind of always around real estate. And then became a surgeon, became, you know, became very committed to my career as a doctor, but then there was something always in the back of my mind that I wanted to get in, get into real estate, you know, just like my parents had been and they had a very small portfolio over the years. They had accumulated of single family rentals and and things of that nature. But I kind of had this bigger dream of, of doing apartments, you know, that was my goal. So about five years ago, I decided to get real serious and I committed to more education um, in real estate. And I always tell people, I I guess I just love being in debt. So I went back to school. (laughs) I was working full time as a plastic surgeon at at that moment and, you know, committed the next two years of my life to getting a master's degree in real estate. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, nights and weekends studying and, you know, doing the testing and the, the assignments and such. And really for me, that was to get a better sense of commercial real estate. I wanted to have a foundation in that because I did feel like I had a good foundation in residential real estate for my parents, but I wanted to do bigger things, like I like I mentioned, you know, in in the multifamily space. So I thought if I got this degree, it's gonna prepare me for that. And it did prepare me in some ways, you know, it taught me a lot of things in finance and uh, and law and and all these things that I had not really. Expose myself to before, and so I finished that degree, and that was kind of going to lead me to become multifamily developer, and and really fortunately things just kind of worked themselves out, and I did end up doing my first deal as a commercial, you know, in real estate was a multifamily development, It was a nice six unit apartment development, ground up development, in, in Omaha, uh, which we I'd mentioned before, and and that just uh, you know got at CFO this past fall, so about a four year project uh, from conception to end, and. I um, mean, now we're in the lease-up phase, and that's going well, thankfully. But you know, it's a very difficult way to start your real estate career ground <laughs> sure, up, sure. multifamily. Would again, would not recommend that path for most people. And um, about a year ago, decided to um, get more uh, serious about mobile home parks. So my partner and I, business partner, we started uh, Easy Living Communities, and the point of that was to own and operate mobile home parks primarily in the Midwest and Southeast. And uh, in the last year, we've purchased six mobile home parks. About 300 uh, pads, so we're really expanding our business in the mobile home park asset class, and always looking for you know development opportunities as they come. But that's kind of our main focus now is mobile home parks. So not sure if I answered your question, but just maybe a little more background on me. Sure, I, I certainly appreciate you sharing the, the journey with us. And you
1: were working full time as a as a surgeon while doing the master's program nights and weekends, and. Presumably, you came at a point where okay, you graduated the master's program, and we're at something of a crossroads where you said, "Am I going to stay full time and invest on the side? Am I going to go part time and really focus on investing, or am I going to stop being a doctor and go invest in real estate?" And you chose that middle path there, but but why? Why did you go that way rather than the other two?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I had a good experience as an LP, and and I could have done that really for the rest of my life, but you know, part of me. Was feeling I wanted to become more active in the space. That was one thing. The second thing was I was getting burned out. You know, working full time as a physician. I'd done it for ten years, including uh, you know plus six years of my residency, which was not easy. You know, long hours. You know, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, and my practice. Yeah, great partners and, and everything like that in my practice. But still getting burned out with those you know four AM emergency room calls and and things of that nature. And so. I was partially getting burned out, which is another thing. And then another, a third thing was I always thought to myself, "What if I could never operate again? How would I make money? How would I, you know, keep things going?" Um, and so that was kind of an always in the back of my mind. You know, just again, a little more background in my personal story is that you know I'm an only child. My mother was an only child, and, and my mother was the main breadwinner, being a real estate agent, and. You know, about 15 years ago, had to move to India full time to take care of her parents as they were getting ill, and and so we kind of lost the breadwinner in our family. And so I thought to myself, well, what if this you know history repeats itself, or I have to do something where I'm not able to work full time as a doctor? Where am I going to get that you know income, uh, either to? you know, substitute or replace or partially replace what I'm making as a surgeon. So it was, that was a big motivation for me. I mean, everybody has their own purpose and why, and and wh- why they want to get into something, you know, specifically real estate. But for me, it was something I was, I knew I'd done this degree. I was thinking about it constantly, like, when is the shoe going to drop? And I'm going to have to give up my career potentially, you know, and thankfully that, that moment hasn't happened yet, but I wanted to be prepared for it. So those were kind of my, reasons why I I decided to get more active um because I, I wanted to be in the business. I wanted to make a commitment to this. And I became part-time at January of 2021 because frankly the business had gotten bigger. My partner and I were getting busier and I, I you know, I couldn't do it all working full time. So I just had to go down to part-time just to kind of keep my sanity and my, you know, can my piece of my house and and all the rest of it. So that was kind of, you know, the things that went into making that decision to go down to part-time.
1: So as you look further down the road, you know, uh, for the rest of this year or the the future, do you see yourself maintaining a a part-time surgeon schedule and, you know, the real estate or trying to go full-time real estate or what's the plan?
0: Yeah, currently my partner, business partner and I, we have, uh, you know, it's just the two of us running this whole company and we feel like we're able to do it well at kind of the pace we're at. But we know as we continue to scale and get bigger, we will need to take on more help. And so... I think there will come a point where we do hire employees and, you know, probably many of your audience members have already gone into this (laughs) point in time where they've kind of maxed out their own potential to handle things with their own bandwidth. And so now they're, you know, hiring on people. So we'd like to do the same and we see that as kind of something in our future, but I'll keep working as a plastic surgeon to answer your question, as long as, you know, I'm able to physically, mentally, and, uh, you know, and as, as well as the business, you know, isn't suffering. So as long as I'm kind of able to continue to do what I'm doing, I think I will continue to work because I still do enjoy, um, you know, what I'm doing for the most part. And I still like, you know, the part, of, I mean, trained for so many years, I've done it for so many years. So there's a part of me that feels like it'd be a shame to give it totally up, but, um, I do find right now, as we are currently in our company and such, this is a good balance for me. Great. So you mentioned, you know, you, you kind of
1: run out of your own time. You run out of your own bandwidth. I think it's the word that you used. And yeah. I, yeah. I think our, some of our listeners out there are at the point where maybe they're at, they're at their own little fork in the road and they're saying, hey, I could just really double down on my career and focus on making money that way. Or I could you know try to be more active in real estate investing but you know either way we have to we all have only so much bandwidth what do you think about you know for for most people making that decision of of should i be more active in real estate or focus on the LP investments i mean you've done both right so mm-hmm. what do you think yeah. about the deciding factors between going you know
0: hard on the LPs versus building your own thing, building your own business. Yeah, I was actually having this conversation with one of our managers at one of our parks, because he's kind of going through this same decision in his own mind. And so, you know, the way I approach it is, you know, you can be on the LP side and totally passive. You literally hand a person a check and you don't have to think about it, you know, for the most part, you know, you kind of put in a lot of time, maybe at the beginning, learning about that that general partner learning the market they're in, learning about the deal. You know, you should do all these things, which I mm-hmm. didn't, by the way, when I was an <laughs> LP. But you know, these are the things that you should do. Is you get to know the general partner, you get to know their management team, your structure, how they're going to communicate with you, the returns, all that. You know, and then once that's done, and you've given that person the money that you're going to give them, um, or that company, you really don't have to think about it. So it's it's completely hands off. Whereas what I'm doing is very hands-on. I mean, every day there's decisions to be made, there's tenants to deal with, there's you know financial statements to look at, there's all these things that come up, you know, maintenance and such. So you're on either that other extreme. So and, and in between, there's a lot of different options. You know, you can partner with people who may have more time and more sweat equity that they can put into things and you might be the money person. And so you you provide the equity for deals and, and you're maybe not as involved with the toilets and the tenants as you would if you were, you know, had less money and you were the more the sweat equity person. So there's kind of a lot of stuff in between that you know, can also work well. Um, It just depends how you really have to decide how many hours a week, a month, whatever, do you want to really get involved with this? Because it will take your time. It will take over your life if you want it to. And so you have to decide, do I want to basically have no time in this, you know, and mental energy in it, or do I want to have all the time, mental energy in it? Or is there some kind of in between that, Maybe it makes sense. Maybe I do a fourplex and you know, I have a fourplex and I own it outright and I have to deal with a tenant here or there. I have to turn over a, a unit once a year, once every other year, that kind of thing. So maybe that's not as involved as maybe having a 50 plex that you own and operate yourself. <laughs> that's gonna be a lot or a hundredplex, right? So there's all kinds of shades of gray in between the black and the white. So I, I always tell people to kind of think about how much time you want to commit to it. And then that's gonna kind of decide what kind of investment you want to make. Nice. I like that. So, on the your your
1: experience as an LP back when you were, you know, really doing that. I don't know how much you're doing that now versus before. I think in general, people don't talk enough about how many lessons there are to be learned as a limited partner investor in these deals. If you're paying attention, watching the deals happen, talking to the sponsors and and seeing what, you know, goes right and goes wrong, you can pick up a lot of lessons. So,
0: Want to dive mm-hmm. into you know lessons that you learned as a, an LP investor? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've only done one LP investment. That was my first one, as I mentioned. Ever since then, I've invested in our own company. Um, I'm heavily invested in our own company because I believe in what we do and the properties we've purchased. But you know, when I was an LP investor, I think I, I mentioned this is that I literally just you know basically shot a dart at a <laughs> dartboard. Who was the one person I heard in a podcast? I mean, looking back on it, I should have done more research on not only that person, but a lot of different options out there in the world. Um, but again, I was so eager to get into real estate investing. I was basically willing to give my money to anybody and which is you know, not the way you should do things. And you know, lessons I've learned from that are, you know, do your research before you invest with somebody. Now I know way more than I did five years ago when I started this whole process. I know what to look for. I know what an operating agreement is. I know all kinds of stuff that I didn't know before, PPM, you know, all these things. So you want to look at and compare your returns. You want to look at and get to know the general partners. You want to get to know kind of the markets they're in, what they're looking for, what the exit plan is, if there is an exit plan, how long is the hold period? I mean, that's another big deal for a lot of people. They don't think about, you know, you give a person the money, you don't know when it's coming back per se for a while, at least the principle that you put in at the beginning. So our philosophy in our company is we're very long-term focused, but there's a lot of people out there who want to invest in a short-term basis. And so they want their money in two years or four years or five years. You know, for us, we're a very long-term kind of player and focus minded. So, um, you know, that's very important to consider as well. I think one of the main things I've learned from the person that I invest with at the beginning is how to run a big company. When I started, we had nothing. You know, we started with no properties. We were the managers. We, you know, we still are. But my point is, you know, we didn't have a website. We didn't have anything. We didn't have you know, any way of connecting with our investors, etc. So from them, they were already so big. I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions in property that I learned how their investor relations worked. I know I learned how they communicate with those investors. I know what kind of reports they're providing. So it kind of gave me an insight into what a real big company does for their investors. And so I've tried to emulate that and you know, just try to Basically, copy the formula they've been using. Um, You know, I'm a big believer in communication, so I over communicate to our investors because at times I felt maybe a little bit under communicated to. So, you know, another lesson there is I love over communicating. Um, You know, for me and our company, we send out monthly investor kind of. um, I guess I'd just call them you know synopsis of what what's going on at the property. Uh, I personally write them. You know, we, my my business partner approves them. Um, we we send them out, and every month the investors know exactly what's going on at that property—good, bad, and the ugly. So, um, you know, it's all there, black and white. They see it every month. They they actually look forward to them. Um, and that was just something I learned from you know being an LP is. I wanted to know as much as possible because I was actually very interested in understanding that business plan and that 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 purchase. I mean, a lot of our investors literally give us money and they don't think about it or you know it's very hands off. But I wanted to be more hands on. So for me, that communication was critical, and that's something I've given our investors whether they're really interested in it or not per se. But. They get that, you know, uh, you know, five minute email that they can read and see everything they want to see about the property. So I think those are some of the lessons I've learned um, being an LP is you know, do your homework before you invest with somebody, get to know them, see their markets, see the properties, understand what they're about, what's their business plan, what's their track record. Of course, if you're investing with somebody who doesn't really have a track record, you kind of have to trust their business plan, you have to trust them as a person, you have to trust you know, their honesty, their ethics, et cetera. And then, you know, really just uh, decide how much of it you really want to learn because there's a lot to learn from any investment that you make. Nice,
1: 100%. So much uh, great information in there. Now, this is a little bit of a hard shift, but I, I have to ask, right? You went and did sure. the master's in real estate development. Given what you know now, would you do that again if you were to make the same, you know, decision? Or would you just, you know, skip it and and go for real estate?
0: Yeah. So there were a couple of ways to do that master's when I was looking at it. One way was to do it in person. And uh, that was going to be a year of my time, full-time as a, as a student again. And I had already been a doctor for, you know, as a physician practicing for many, many years and didn't feel like that was the best use of my time. And so the the second option was to do like a two-year online version, um, basically the same coursework, but just online. And so that's what I chose. So I think if you've got the time, sure. Great. You know, to do it, it's not, it's it's never hurts to get more education, but I think 99% of people who get into this business probably don't go get a master's degree. And, you know, also it costs money. You know, I was fortunate. I had a job that paid well. Um, and so I was able to afford more education, but not everybody has that ability. You know, I think a way to skip around that where you don't need um, a degree is get mentorship. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in mentorship. I offer my services to anybody who wants to use them. You know, and there are paid mentorships out there. I know there are. And, and you know, they have programs and the whole thing, um, which will hopefully lead you to your first deal or multiple deals. Um, But for me, you know, I didn't really seek that out as as I probably should have. So I would say mentorship can be, you know, a a shortcut um, and um, also just, you know, like I said, learning from kind of osmosis around people who've been successful and like investing with a general partner who's done it a million times. If you take an interest and show an interest and get as much information as you can out of that deal, you will learn a tremendous amount. Um, There's really no replacement for doing, obviously. So, you know, the third thing I'd say is, you know, just jump in at some level, whatever you feel comfortable doing for your situation, your family situation. I mean, if you've got a limited amount of money, you know, you could be the sweat equity partner in a deal and learn through that way. You know, you're the construction person, you know how to fix an apartment or fix a a mobile home or whatever it may be. Well, that could be your value. And um, you may not have a lot of money to your name, but you can do those things and still learn about the investment. I don't think it's necessary. I think majority, vast majority of people don't need to do it. Um, You know, maybe if I were to go back in time, I wouldn't do it. But for me at that time, I felt I just need a basis for my education. And I thought, if I'm going to go out there and ask for money from people... And they say to me, like, what experience do you have or what knowledge do you have? And I say, well, I'm a plastic surgeon. That should qualify me. I mean, that's <laughs> not going to carry much weight, right? So, uh, I mean, that might carry weight if they're asking me about like laceration. But if, it, if it's regarding, you know, real estate investing, what do, I, what do I know that would prepare them to give me money? Uh, you know, certainly my degree, I thought would give me a little bit more, you know, a background that they would feel more comfortable with investing. So that was one of my, also my motivations.
1: That is a great point. I mean, you were thinking about building your, your resume, not just, not just building your knowledge, but also building your, your resume to help, uh, folks make a decision, you know, a knowledgeable decision, whether to invest with you and, and starting out, you know, in a, in the more active real estate investing capacity, you know, a lot of us either have, uh, imposter syndrome, or we, we have to find a way to kind of, uh, get over that and, and scale up and learn. So absolutely. I can, I can appreciate, um, all of those reasons. And I, I would agree that the overwhelming majority of people do not end up in real estate, do not end up getting that degree, but
0: that doesn't you sure, it's yeah. a, a bad decision. No, no. I mean, I, I I certainly have no regrets. Um, you know, and the person I invested with as a as a general partner when I first started, you know, as an LP. I was the LP and he had been in real estate since he was, you know, 22 and had done a lot by 30 and then had started his own company, you know, essentially shortly thereafter. So in the Ten years, he he had grown at you know to forty years old. He had grown his portfolio in the company, you know, in a tremendous way. You know, in my twenties, I was in school, and then I was in residency till I was thirty-two, and then I you know I was working for ten years. So you know, I'm forty-two now. So the the moral story is like all those years I was spending in my education, he was doing stuff from the age of twenty-two and had grown this huge company. So you know, for for him, it was a little bit different, I guess, uh, roadmap, but. I felt like if I was coming out at at basically, you know, zero to start a company, I needed to have a little bit more, you know, a clout or reputation, or like you said, resume building than somebody who had never done anything, but just became a doctor and said, okay, now I'm going to become a real estate person. So, (laughs) but you know, I didn't have those 15, 16 years of experience in, in the real estate world to kind of have, have another investor feel comfortable with. Nice. Makes a lot of sense.
1: I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity you can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called Ground Floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com Slash ground floor to get started, or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Smeed, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Great. First one: What is the best investment you ever made, other than in your education?
0: Yeah no yeah that's a good good, good question um, probably our first mobile home park I'd say was our our best investment you know bought that park a little over a year ago and um, you know the whole mobile home park game is is you know I could have a whole other podcast on how to find a good <laughs> mobile home park but you know basically we found a park that was really really great it was it was in great condition really well maintained looked nice the whole you know looked like a five star park basically uh, but. The only problem was it was below market rents, and so um, our business plan was pretty simple: was come in and kind of slowly adjust rents to market, and you know it's been just and just refinance it eventually, um, which is kind of our still our business plan, and you know it's just been a great investment. Feel we bought it you know aggressively at the time, but we knew we were buying it based on a. On a, on a below market rent, we paid a you know decent cap price, our, you know paid a reasonable you know, price based on a, a pretty you know pretty aggressive cap rate. But over time, that's that investment will look very wise um, moving forward. Just because we just you know eventually will raise rents to market and, and refinance, and that'll do very very well for us. Nice. The mobile home park space in
1: general has gotten considerably more uh, popular. Uh, for good reasons in the, in the years that I've been a real estate investor. So that's been uh, certainly interesting to watch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: Yeah, fortunately, I haven't had a ton of worse investments, <laughs> which is good. good. I think you know the only in- investment I would say is I, I bring it back to my LPA investing. And, and again, that hasn't been a bad deal per se, but it was a very unwise Decision making that I made at the time um, when I invested, because again, I didn't, I literally knew nothing about the property, I knew nothing about the market, I knew nothing about the GP, I knew nothing about anything. And, you know, so as an investment, it was not a smart investment in that way, you know, Um, but it was just a way to get into the business, which I felt was so important. So I'd say my worst investment is probably just not putting in the homework and doing the homework that it took to really quantify and qualify the investment that I was making. Yeah, the rising market that we've had
1: and, and rising markets in general can uh, hide or smooth over a lot of mistakes that we make either as uh, limited partner investors or general partners or, or whatever we're investing in. If we get lucky on the market timing, then you know, we could make a, a an uninformed, maybe reckless decision that still ends up working out, but still yeah. learn like I should have maybe been more careful about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: My favorite question here at the end of the show is What is the most important lesson that you've learned
0: in business and investing? Yeah, that's a good question. Most important lesson, I think it's finding the right fit in general. So, and that can be um, fit with your personality. What kind of risk are you willing to take on? Find the right fit in business partnerships. I think that's critical find the right fit in asset type find the right fit in so many different areas but kind of knowing your own personality and 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 finding everything that aligns with that so you know my business partner and I fit in the same age bracket we fit in the same ethics morality long-term horizons you know value add type approach and so it's a good fit a very good fit and our investors are good fits i mean our investors are primarily high net worth earners like physicians um you know i can relate to all our physician investors because i am one and they're fits because they're friends or family and so that's a good fit the asset type that we're in i think it fits our personalities you know we've done multi-family um we do you know mobile home parks And so we're in the residential space. That's a good fit for what I always wanted to do and be. I wanted to provide housing for people. So that was a good fit. So I think the lesson learned is find what your fit is and just, you know, everything around you should work into that. Wow. I love that. I think that is so, such a great lesson. You
1: know, the the most successful people out there say no to things uh, much more often than they say yes. And I think that really comes down to, knowing your fit and knowing what, what fits with you and, and what doesn't, I think yeah. most importantly, yeah. what doesn't fit. Yeah. So I love Absolutely. that. Well, it's been a great conversation with you today. Thank you so much for all of the lessons. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, they track you, track you down on the internet or anything
0: like that, where can they find you? Yeah. Multiple options. I always give my phone number out. You, know, my, you can reach me directly on my cell phone, 402-850-1315. Happy to give that to anybody who feels like I could help them in any way. And then um, our website is easylivingcommunities.com. And uh, my contact is Sumit, uh, S-U-M-E-E-T, at easylivingcommunities.com. Awesome. Well, once
1: again, it's been a, a great conversation with you today. We talked about a few different types of education. You invested in your education as Follow up to that In my experience recording this podcast with yourself and many others that have been on the show before is the best way that I found that I get educated and hopefully we provided some education to our listeners today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much. You guys, that helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. It gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. No matter what podcast app you use, don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I help people passively invest in commercial real estate. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do, go to investwithtaylor.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.